Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're listening to Balls and Holes with Jessica Bowser and Brian Pascarelli. Hey, baby. Hi. How you doing? Pretty good. We're back. Yes. We just got back from Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Did you have a good time? Great time. I think I've got um, the... Title? Title of our podcast. You Really? Yeah. What I think it? after after this trip, it's a family affair way. <laughs> a fair way? A like, fair way. It's a family affair? Way. Like fairway. Fairway. Golf pun. Golf pun. Awesome, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good trip. It was a good trip, right? Yeah, I had a, I had a great time. Palm I, Springs was great. It was a good time. So we went out to Palm Springs and we met my dad. Uh, we met up with dad, Dr. Bowser. Yeah. He lovingly invited us to come out for a couple of days, stay at the condo, and hit some new courses. Right. Um, I spent... The time leading up to this, like playing a lot. Right. Right? Like we were out almost every day and it was just in preparation for in this. preparation for this. To beat dad. To to beat dad. <laughs> and for dad to see me progress. Progress and play the lights out golf that I was playing. Like right before we left to go to Palm Springs, I had yet again hit a new score of 80. That's right. Congratulations. Thank you. Um I will say that that entire round Leading up to that, I had I birdied the last hole, I still had a chance at 79. Right. So when I did not birdie said 18th hole, uh, I dropped to my knees. And <laughs> instead of being excited, uh, I was really mad. And I think I screamed. I know. I heard you. But you <laughs> did so course. good. You shot an 80. I did. I shot an 80. <clears throat> New record. So so we go to Palm Springs and I'm like high on life, right? Like we're driving out there. You... We, we had a day that day. We get in the car and we're excited. We've got an early tea time. Early tea time because it's super hot out super there. Super hot. We never play early golf. Right. Uh, we get there. We hang out with dad. We try to get a good night's sleep. You get a great night's sleep. I have a clear conscience, girl. Yeah. I do not have a good night's sleep. <laughs> I think I managed like three hours of sleep that night. Mm-hmm. To which we wake up the next morning and we go out to Mission Hills North which is a Gary Player signature golf course. Awesome course. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was like babbling brooks. It was very like mountain-esque. And it was wide open as opposed to our course. Yeah, it was very wide open. It was, it was 
like I remember looking at it and thinking like, oh, there's no way I can't hit a fairway, right? <laughs> like this is going to be, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to get to really show off the lights out golf that I've been playing. Mm-hmm. Cut to, we get to the driving range, which by the way, is in like this quarry. It's like a rock quarry. You like go down this road and it's like set down in. Okay. That's not that one. Yeah, it is. No, that was the second course we played. The first one was a regular driving range. Oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, bummer. Okay, regular driving range. This is how bad. That was day one. This is day one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. they had uh, green um, driving range with driving, actual with the, grass. With the actual grass. <laughs> which we're not used to. We are not used to that. And what happened on the range? <sighs> I, well, I have my new clubs. I have my dad's set. So, like, I'm trying to, like show off right that i'm like oh dad check it out i've got your set and like i'm I, i'm i'm arrogant i'm a little arrogant that morning and i get my clubs and i go get right next to him and he i think i got right next to him and then he like sent me further down and he's like that's a better spot for you <laughs> so i was like all right i pick up my clubs i go to start hitting and uh i can't hit a club you got worried i don't know what happened man i'm striking the ground Balls are shanking off to the right. Like, I, I, and I immediately start panicking and I'm looking at you with this look of like, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? This is going to be awful. And you know, you have days like that where it's like, sometimes that happens and you just know, like it's over. It is over before it even started. Ah, I'm panicking. I keep trying. I'm trying harder and harder and harder. Nothing's working. Right. So like by the time we're done hitting balls, we get in the cart and I'm fucking pissed off. I'm mad. <laughs> Like, it's over for me. It hasn't even begun it yet. It hasn't even begun. And I have somehow regressed to seven-year-old Jessica on the golf course with her dad. And I there is no lights out golf that's going to that's gonna happen. Okay, so we tee off. We first tee off. Hole. Yeah. I, don't, I honestly, like, there's memory of the driving range for me. <laughs> and there's, 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 like, some memories throughout the that day. But, like, it's bad. So you ended up playing and you did okay. I did terrible. And all I wanted to do was beat Dr. Bowser. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I will say this. When this, when I realized early on that this was going to be bad, right? Like, and you and I kind of had this moment where you were like, I'm going to beat him. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm not going to be able to do shit here. So you should just go ahead and go for this. Like, right? And I, and I kind of gave the, the power. Well... As you know, your dad is a great golfer. He's an amazing golfer. He is so consistent. He doesn't hit it that far, but it's always down the middle. I hit bombs and I still lose to him. So this was my time. I practiced for weeks for this trip to finally beat him. So I played from the same tees as him. And it was a battle. And it was a battle between me and him. And Well, it was like Alpha Brian started to come out, right? Like... You started getting really serious. And at first I was like, okay, great. Yeah. And I was like cheerleading, like, yeah, beat him. Like, this is going to be awesome. And then there was like a point where it just kind of like got to be too much. And <laughs> and you kind of went alpha golfer. I had to. This was a point where I had to. It was my journey now <laughs> <laughs> to, to finally try to beat your dad and... I successfully did. Well, but in this, uh, which congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, First time. First time. Very big deal. But like the motivation behind it, like some would maybe think that like 
you're motivated to go beat my dad in order to like save the day for me. Like Jess is having such a bad day. Like the least I can do is like go take one for the team and, and, and beat Dr. Bowser. But I very soon realized, I think what that turning point was, is that like, that's not at all what was happening. <laughs> like this had nothing to do with me at all. Like it was. I apologize. <laughs> I had to do what had to be done. So cut to the next day. Right. We got some sleep. We get some sleep. We're playing. Where did we play? Big Rock at Indian Springs. Yeah. Pretty yeah. cool course. Really cool course. That is the course that has the rock quarry for the driving range. Yes. The rock quarry. That was weird. It was cool. It was cool. It was like in a, yeah, it was a rock quarry. It was a rock quarry. It was down in the bottom of a rock quarry. And then this time, dad, Dr. Bowser told me, Brian, why don't you play from the tips today? <laughs> so because of the first day of me playing from his tees, he decided that wasn't fair. So I played from the back tees, which is the longest tees. And then I played with dad. Dad and I played on the same tees. And, and I was playing much better. Yeah. Right? Like I'd gotten some sleep. I got over whatever meltdown had transpired and was ready to give it a try again. And I was like, you know what? I woke up that day and I was like, today's going to be that day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know how to golf again. And I'm going to show Dr. Bowser what's up. Did you feel that you finally showed your dad that you're a good golfer? I think I showed dad that I have progressed quite a bit. In fact, he came up to me while you were on the tee and says, I can't believe how far she has come. Listen, dad was great. He said some really nice things to me too. I mean, he literally was like, I've waited 50 years to be able to come and do this. Like, this, awesome. is, this is an awesome time. But I, I look, I played better. Right. And, and so because I was playing better, I was in this place of like, okay, like today's my day. Like Brian got his day yesterday. Like, he went alpha golfery, got to beat dad. Like, I'm going to really make a run for it. So, like, as I'm making a run for it and I've had the first couple shots and they're going really well, right? Like, something happens between you and I and I can't figure out, like, what happened. Yeah. <clears throat> Even though I got him the first day, mm -hmm. I was still in that competitive mode. I wanted to beat him from the tips as well. Ah. So, that's why I was, there was a little... I mean, like we kind of had some, we had some, some words, you and I. That yeah. Day. I think I really, I, you know, it was like, in my mind, it was like, today is my day. Like today is my chance to do this. And you were still running on high octane of like ego driven. I'm going to beat Bob well, Bowser again. And I was like stomping in the corner in my mind of like, today is about me. This is my dad and my time. And, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and like, and you were just, I mean, at one point, like, you yelled at me for, like, talking to my dad while you were trying to putt. You missed the putt. You started blaming things on us talking and on exterior things because, God forbid, it couldn't be your fault. Right? Like, because all the other times we played with dad, I was polite and respectful. So this time and it was... It this was, was <laughs> pure golf. I had to win. And I did beat him on the second date as well from the tips. Made me feel very good. Right. I'm sorry that we didn't give you enough attention. <laughs> it's not even Jess, about I'm sorry it was about you and your dad, but this was about me and your dad. This was about you and my dad. Uh, well, I I love the man and he he's a great golfer. I love golfing with him. I do too. It's fun. I, I did a lot better. Do you I like mean, golfing with uh, with other people or do we have problems? I mean, look, I, this was a week of family golf. Family right, of like fairway. a family of fairway. We come home from Palm Springs, which, by the way, we drove home from Palm Springs the day that we played Big Rock. Right, so we had it was hot. 
Uh, I was pretty exhausted. I was pretty spent. It was high tension for me, at least a lot going on. And then we get in the car and jump into rush hour traffic from Palm Springs to Los Angeles. Um, I'm in a bad mood. You're still high on life because you beat Dr. Bowser again. And you're kind of like full of yourself and a bit arrogant. Like there's some things going on and I'm in the car, like white knuckle driving Traffic is insane. I almost get us in an accident. You almost killed us. I did almost kill us. Mom's calling, you know. I, I, we and then the I phone. made a comment. Jess, you're on the phone. You always yell at me when I'm on the phone. Look at you almost killing us because now you're on the phone. But it's okay for you to drive and text and not for me. You always yell at me when we're driving. So this all transpires with mom on the phone to which I'm like, mom, I gotta go because now I'm pissed off right now. You're calling me out on my shit. And you were right, right? Like you were right. I do yell at you for that. But I'm a little better driver when it comes to those things. In that instance, I was not. It was it was not good. Um, We almost get in the accident. We get off the phone with mom. I go completely quiet. I'm still white knuckle driving. You're like not speaking. It's dead silence in our car. And I'm running the like total mind trip of like, I'm having a full on conversation with you. I am telling you how mad I am, but I'm in my head. Oh, I felt this. it. Oh, I know you oh, felt, I it. felt it. Thank God, Marty, my mom <clears throat> calls us back to check on us and make sure we're okay. And somehow feels what's going on and decides to stay on the phone with us for probably like 30, 40 minutes. Like Very smart just woman. talking to us about, you know, all kinds of things to get us, you know, like re-engaged. And I, I mean, I literally text mom on the way home or when we got home and I said, oh my God, thank you so much. I don't know how you knew that you needed to call and talk to us about virtually nothing because I was about ready to pull the car over and beat my husband with my driver. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about family, we did play with my cousins. Yeah. <clears throat> we we played with uh, um, Danny and Dave. Yep. Which we've been playing with for... I've been playing well, with yeah. for quite a while, 20 years. Yeah. And they have lovingly brought me into the fold and accepted me into the fold. Right. So a thing about my cousins, they're awesome. We're first cousins. We've grown up together. We're very, very close. They're, you know, academics. They're in, they're accountants and CPAs. And But when it comes to golf, they do not play anything but a scramble because they're so ultra competitive that they cannot play a regular round of golf with a score. They have to play scramble with a foursome where everyone plays their own ball. I mean, they play the best ball. Right. And we play as a team. They That's the only formula that they use because they know if they don't, they will get in a fight. And I've seen them get in a physical altercation at the golf course before when there's a score. Okay. Yes. Yes. So we tried to change the rules. Right. Of the, you and I had this great idea that we were like, well, let's just play them against us. A two-man scramble. A two-man scramble. Uh, us two against Danny and Dave. Lasted one hole. <laughs> Lasted one hole before we had to make a group consensus that uh, we go back exactly to the way that you guys have always done it. Because it was, if we're playing against them, now it's a competition and God knows what would happen. A fight. You've seen them I've physically seen it. brawl. I, I've seen them argue, yell, leave the golf course. So we had to succumb to playing a four-man scramble. Yep. And having as a team so we didn't get into an altercation or right. them going crazy on each other. That's true. That's true. It's interesting how you play with different people and how, how they respond and how we respond to them. Yeah, it is. 
It is because you were very, you were, I was kind of actually surprised because you were very willing to just be like, okay, let's play the other way. And I didn't know the backstory of, of that. I've never witnessed that. Because I knew better to not argue. And if they want to play a scramble four man best ball, I want to just have a peaceful day. They don't play with us that often, you know, maybe twice or three times a month. Right. I just wanted to keep the peace. Okay. All right. What about when you play with your brother? I love my brother and and the crew. Um, I play with my brother and Yanni and June and Craig and Matt and the whole bit. And it's interesting playing with them too. I never really do well with playing with my brother. I don't know why. But wait, do you fall apart? Do you regress like I do? I, I I guess I I I want to play well, but the thing that they do, they don't keep score. They just play. What's the point then? I, I don't know. And then they, <laughs> they call out like, oh, I got a par or a birdie. Only a par and birdie is notable. Nobody's calling out a three-putted? No, no one says anything like that. So it's just like they just play without having a score. It's just to have a good time with the friends. But to me, I want to have my score. I want to gauge how I'm doing. I want other people to know that I did pretty good that round. But for them, they don't care. Okay. And it's weird. I mean, I love playing with them, but it's just like there's no score. Are there are there altercations with them as well? No. Never. No. I mean, we all get frustrated during the course. You know what I'm saying? But no, it's weird. It's a different format because there's there's no repercussions because there's no score. Well, there's no like competition. There's, there's no, no competition. score. There's no competition. There's not much ego. Right. Flying around. Right. Right. Well, talk about ego flying around. I found this story that happened this week. Headline, Florida man, 77, punches friend, 84, in the face during a round of golf at the Villages. I'm going to read this to you because I got such a kick out of this. The Villages bills itself as Florida's friendliest retirement hometown. But things weren't so friendly at Della Vista Golf Course recently. A golf outing between two friends turned violent when Richard Randall, 77, allegedly punched his 84-year-old playing partner in the face, leading to an arrest on a charge of battery. According to the arrest affidavit, the skirmish happened April 29th. Deputies say a third member of the golf outing witnessed Randall and the other man arguing on the fourth hole. The man says it wasn't uncommon for the two to bicker. As things escalated, the 84-year-old man flipped off Randall who then said, do that again and I will hit you. According to the affidavit, the friend did it again and Randall reportedly then punched the man in the face. The 84-year-old fell to the ground and deputies say he had to be taken to the hospital where it was reported he had bruising on his face. Wow. <laughs> 77 and 84. 77 and 84. Duking it out on the fourth hole. You know, that reminds me of a time where my buddy Dimitri and I were at Tierra Hada Golf Course we're on the 10th hole. It is in huge uphill par four, really, really steep. We're sitting there at the tee box. We see a foursome and seem like they were older, older gentlemen. They're pretty far out there. Dimitri hits a bomb that we did not expect with <laughs> his driver and it flies over their head. And we yelled out, far! But we had no idea that that was going to happen. It was like a miracle shot. It flies over their head. We said, sorry. We yelled at them, right? Whatever. We then drive up this steep hill. They're not moving. They're waiting for us. Four older golfers literally wanted to fight Dimitri and I. <laughs> we were so, they wouldn't let it go. They actually said, why didn't you have a range finder? 
And we're like, we're on the T. Right. They were far up. And they're so far up. And we're like, we did not know that it was going to do that. We're so sorry. We apologize profusely over and over again. We're so sorry. Oh, my gosh. What a bomb. Dimitri hit the, a great <laughs> shot. You should be proud of him. They did not leave us alone. They yelling at us, cussing at us. They're following us now. They're not leaving the hole. Now it's starting to become a so huge escalating, escalated what yelling you? match. We try to ignore them. I'm pretty quiet. Dimitri's kind of talking with them. And I finally said, hey, man, he said he was sorry. We're sorry. What else do you want? I, I said, and they wouldn't let it go. So I said, you want some teas? You want some balls? What do you want to do? Let's settle this. So the lawyer and you comes out and you're trying to settle I, it. I didn't know what to offer them. They literally, it was like 10 minutes of them yelling at us. So we get to the 11th hole and they're waiting on the tee and they wouldn't stop. And they, I go, what are you going to do? You're really going to fight us over golf or golfers? Just like you guys. Hit a bomb. Stop. See, I just, like, I, women don't do that. Women women can be mean, right? Like, we know that. Women can can do all kinds of crazy things. But in a situation like this, like, I don't feel like women, women don't get in altercations on the golf course. I mean, there aren't enough women on the golf course for there to likely be altercations, right? But, like... I don't know. I play with you guys. I play the man's way. I'm one of the boys. Maybe I'm not the best judge of this, but I just don't think like, do you think that women are an equalizer on the course in a situation like this? Or do you think that they fuel the fire more? I I, I don't know. It's weird when you play with certain people. So we got a group that we love to play with. We do. We do. It's like we've been golfing with our actual family, and which is awesome and wonderful. But then there's also golfing with your chosen family. Right? Right. So we've been golfing with Scotty and Darby and Andrew. Um, awesome guys. Awesome guys. I, I love them to death. It's a, it's a very different situation when we're out with them. Right? And it's funny. It's a weird dynamic. Like Scotty, used to, I used to work for Scotty. But he's literally family to me. Uh, and we get along really well. It's it's everybody has a good attitude. Everybody's watching each other. Uh Scotty will get out of the cart and stand behind me on every one of my hits. I mean, the other day we played with them and they went ahead of us because there were we had too many people. We had played right behind them on purpose. And they were like standing on some of the other holes on the mountains. And he's like taking videos of you and I teeing off and sending them to us. And just like, it's just a completely different dynamic with them. And you know why? When they or any of us don't do a good shot or they don't do a good shot, it's pleasant. They, they don't laugh. get mad. They laugh. They laugh. They that's, that's a huge difference, right? Like it doesn't, you know, and you're, you, you get like this sometimes too. Like you'll hit a bad shot and you get angry sometimes, <laughs> right? And it's like, I, I find myself saying like, okay, there's the next shot or whatever. Like, it's really calming to me playing with Scotty and Andrew. Well, and they said that. And I think it was Andrew who said, you know what? You guys have such a calming effect on us when we play. We would love to play with you guys again. And I was like, hell yeah. And so now it's two times and we're, we're playing with them on this Sunday. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting to... Look at the dynamics of the people you play with and how it makes you play golf and how you respond to them. Well, it's such a good judge of character, right? Like how people respond and how people act on the golf course and win in competition and win in a group. Right. And you can learn a lot about someone in four and a half hours. I mean, how often do you hang out with someone for four and a half hours? You can find out how they do under pressure, how they do when they do a bad shot or a good shot, um, how encouraging they are. 
you know, it, it really is a personality reflection. It is. It is a, it's a long time to spin with somebody. It is. It and doesn't it, happen that often. It doesn't. Nowadays. All right. Well, we're, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the amount of time you do spend on the course with people and what I'm starting to hear from other women that I know about why they think golf is boring. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. They fight, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I've been talking with a lot of my girlfriends, right? Some are golfers, some are non-golfers, especially since the podcast has come out. There's been a lot of excitement. People are really enjoying listening to it and hearing our crazy shenanigans. A lot of my girlfriends don't golf, obviously, right? So I was with one the other day. Uh, She's a doctor. She's one of my dearest friends. And she was talking about how much she enjoys listening to us, but that she's never golfed. And the reason that she thinks that, or the reason that she's never golfed is because she thinks it's boring. She thinks she would be bored, right? Which is, I get, I, I have a hard time relating to, right? Right? Like I, I pointed out to her, you know, look at what you do for a living. Like what you do for a living, no day is ever the same, right? Look at what I used to do for a living. Like the reason I thrived in the environment and then the career that I had was because it was different every single day. Nothing was ever the same. It was chaotic. It was anxiety inducing. It was hard. And so I was explaining to her all of those things that if you are a person who chooses to do something that's never the same, if you like strategy, if you like competing with yourself, if you have, if you're passionate about 
anything, then like I guarantee you, you would like golf, right? Like every shot is always different outside, you know, the environment's always different. The the conditions are always different. Like you just, you never know what you're going to get. So you're constantly being challenged right. to be better. And it's very personal. It's super personal, right? Like for me, it's four hours out there that, you know, you're not being bothered. You're in competition with yourself. You're learning new things. You're pushing yourself. You're, you're really into you're it. You're bettering so yourself. You're bettering yourself. So, you know, it's interesting because I was explaining that to her and, and I think it gave her a different perspective, but I couldn't let this go. Right. Like when I came home, I was thinking to myself like, Oh my God, like if she thinks this way, I bet most women have the similar feeling. And, and I bet I would, I would go even further to say that I think that women who do have lives where they do something different every day or they thrive in more chaos or in, you know, they're, they're good at adapting into different situations. They, they haven't had the experience to go play golf. And so they think it's boring. So what did I do? I Google, right? Like I turned Mm -hmm. to Google and it was, why do women think golf is boring? And I found this really interesting study that had been done, uh, regarding, you know, uh, they they basically looked at you know female golfers and non female golfers and they asked they asked them specific questions and first they wanted to understand why most women are not interested in the sport and then they wanted to know why some women do play golf and you know they kind of wanted to get into the background of that something really interesting that I learned that I don't know if you knew that in the 1500s Mary Queen of Scots uh, was the one who asked for the construction of the first golf course which is St Andrews. I love St. Andrews. Yeah, it's like our dream course. I want to play there. We want to play there so bad. She didn't invent golf. She just... No, didn't invent golf, but got the got the course constructed, right? Like awesome. Started with a woman. All kind right. of interesting. Um, she was a huge fan of golf and didn't care about all the negative comments that were coming from the, the gentleman population, I guess, right? But a lot of that, that was sort of the issue. So uh, unfortunately, when she died the the game itself really kind of turned elite like there was no longer kind of a female presence in those days so it turned guys took over the guys took over right like she was gone and they had this beautiful course and it kind of started turning into the boys club it you know became elite it was associated with business and women were slowly but surely excluded okay what was this article about this article was about why women, why women don't play golf. <laughs> I understand. Did it tell you why they don't play golf? Yeah, I'm going to get there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have one more interesting fact about this. Though. Okay, go read. History buff. Wow. Wow. You're the one leading it today. Oh, wow. I'm just, okay. I want to get to the point. Oh, wow. go for it. Just go. All right. Well, the last part of this is that women had to then wait until the late 1800s before they could take a rise again in golf. And the ladies club, which was the first ladies club, was created at St. Andrews. And since then, it has been more of an opening for women in golf. The majority of women who they looked at in this article talked in depth about why it is they don't like golf. Um, Things like they wish that there was more flexible types of playing, like the possibility to play six, nine, or 18 holes. They wanted a friendlier atmosphere. 
uh, a simpler game with no complicated rules and strict etiquette. What? Which I, you know, it's like I'm doing this research. You want to dumb it down? I'm trying to figure out like why it is women feel the way that they do. And then I'm, I have the perspective, which again, we've talked about is like more of a man brain. And like, I'm reading this and I'm like, who the fuck would want to play this way? Right? Like simpler rules. 18 simpler rules. What? Not follow tradition, not follow etiquette. Hey, it's weird to just me. hit around a ball, not keep score. Some some of the other ones were that they wish that there were special coaching programs. Uh, that golf clubs would have a fitness spa and wellness infrastructure, yoga pilates, dance rooms. Oh god! Tennis courts, squash courts. Uh, they want special club privileges for members and families. Uh, daycare for kids. Places to socialize. What? I, it's just like all of a sudden I found myself just being like, oh, God. Like so there's a would... reason that there's a stereotype here, right? Like. I, <sighs> I They want us to. Completely change. Change golf to suit their needs so they can like it. Yeah. And I mean, it's like the thing that stuck out for me is like, listen, if I all of a sudden decided that I wanted to go be a synchronized swimmer, which is primarily a women's sport, right? Like I wouldn't roll into the pool and be like, I need you to change all these things for me so that I can feel welcome in your pool and synchronize swim with you. Right? Like it, it there's, there's this, this. I, I know what it is. It is a country club lifestyle that they know the guys have so much fun. So they want to be part of it, but they don't want to work on it or play a hard game. I don't know. They want it to be less, Hard? Difficult? I, I don't know. And have Pilates at the clubhouse? What? <laughs> that's what pissed you off was the Pilates. I just don't get it. It's pick another sport. If that doesn't suit you, sorry. It was a weird one. It was, it was you know, so I don't know. It's with with having women not having tried this sport. Like, I don't, I know that the people, you know, the sport is trying to open it up more and trying to be more welcoming to women. Um and there are stereotypes up there about slow play and 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 then you read something like this and I I don't know, man. Like I I wouldn't want our club to make those changes. Like there's something about going to our club and about golf in general for me that I really like that it's a man's game. I also came up in that sort of environment, right? Like I've been the lady in a man's world at the table at work. I've, you know, I, I don't have brothers and sisters, so I can't look at things like that I hang out with you and your guy friends and we play golf with all of the guys so are you saying that golf is not for the foo-foo girls it's definitely not for the foo-foo girls right definitely you not. don't want to massage and pilates and ice cream cones. no it's like get out there get dirty and like do your best and and I mean look at what I had to do in order to get to a level to play with you guys I yeah you really, worked really hard really hard so that and 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 it's I will say this like and I said this the other day when we were out playing because I was playing really well in in front of the, the chosen family in front of our family and like something has happened for me where I just have lost and shed the insecurity of how I'm golfing right and like I, there's more confidence there and if I do hit a bad shot like I'm okay with it I'm not getting angry I'm not getting upset I'm not embarrassed uh, I worked really hard to get to a point where I felt like I could hold my own with the guys and I feel like if you're going to be a woman who brings who comes into the sport you've you kind of got to come with that attitude, not, you know, I wish they like, had a yoga center. Right. Or cater to me. You got to cater to the game. You, you got to. Yeah. You huh. got to play ball. Ball. You got to play ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have, uh, when we come back from the break, I'm going to be talking about um, 
Balls. Balls. Guys do not take care and they don't think enough about their balls. Really? Yes. Huh. And uh, maybe shafts. Balls and shafts. <laughs> I think about your balls. <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my day. day. <laughs> All right, we're back and we're going to talk about balls and, and some shafts. Balls and shafts. <laughs> How did I know you're going to make a song out of that? <laughs> Can we talk about what happens to us when we go through our balls? What happens? Well, we get, we find so many balls, yes. right? Especially on the weekends, the things are a little slower, so it gives us time to like go off and traipse around and find people's balls. Sometimes right. we have fifty balls that we get in a day on the course, right? And so our bags get really heavy, and it's crazy. And we come home, and the last time we did this, we had spread a blanket out on the floor, right? We've got the dogs running around, and we dump all of our balls out, and I've never seen two people who are so decisive in the choices that they make. <laughs> completely melt down and turn into just anxiety ridden, like uh, can't make a decision. Like, what do we do here? I've got the colored balls. I've got the good balls. We've got the bad balls. We've got, I, I mean, we have a picture of us in our living room and the whole floor is filled with balls. Uh, yeah. We, we have, we've categorized our balls. We have premium. Yep. Okay. And then shit. And then we have colored balls, which are always good. We like them. We love them. Um, and then we get anxiety playing with our good balls. Well, it's funny because we started this whole journey and we would come home, dump out our bag, go through this whole situation. And we would put all of our premium balls in the garage. It was like we were saving them for like the premium ball apocalypse or something like that. I don't know what we were doing, but like we were playing with shitty balls and 
if not now, then when? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, why were we hoarding the good balls if we golf with it? That's when we're supposed to use them. We should be using the good balls. So this is what I want to talk about. Do, does, do guys and girls, when they're golfing, really pay attention to their balls? Do they just reach into their bag and grab any ball? Are they thinking about the ball? Are they, do they know the differences between balls? Um, you know, do they come to the course and then they forgot some balls and they just buy, they go in the pro shop, they don't buy the cheap balls, they don't buy the Pro B ones, they buy like the middle media, of the media, you know, Callaway Warbird or something. Well, actually, those are cheaper, but like some middle of the road. And I started thinking about balls. And, <laughs> and I don't think that uh, an average player really knows the difference in balls. And there's a lot of differences in balls. Do they just hit it and they like their brand? They, I only play Callaway. I only play TaylorMade. I only play Titleist. You know, the best ones out there are the Pro B ones, uh, the TaylorMade TP5, and the Callaway Chrome Soft. But there's a lot of other balls. And my, my question is, do you like to use a brand new ball? Do you like to just go in your bag and use a used ball? Because studies have shown, I read all these studies on my golf spine and I listen to Rick Shields, that a dirty ball actually affects ball flight. It affects distance. You can't have dirty balls. A brand new ball goes farther than a, a used ball. You wouldn't think much of it. So I started thinking like, you know, when you're playing, <laughs> I have a confession. <laughs> it's it's embarrassing, but I'm going to say it. Um, when I'm playing with a foursome and I'm not playing a color ball to decipher my ball and I'm playing a white ball, I always grab a really good ball, like a Tyler's Pro B1 or a TP5 or a Callaway Chrome Soft because I don't want to go out onto the fairway and go, okay, what are you playing? Are you playing a Tyler's? And they go, what are you playing? Are you playing a noodle? Right. You know, and I like noodles. But I literally will play a really expensive, good ball just in case someone might go to their ball or my ball and think it was there so they can see that I have a good ball. It, you typically announce it. I, I do. And so how do I combat that? I sometimes play with really bright balls. I play with divide balls. My favorite ball right now is a tailor-made uh, tour response with a big yellow stripe around it. Yep. I like how it feels. I like the way it flies. I like the way it putts. But I can also identify my ball immediately on the fairway. No one has to go look to see if it's their ball or not. Um, you also get really angry, though, when you lose one of those. Like, I, uh, that's it's pretty bad. So here's the thing. Uh, that's That uh, dozen, uh, a, a set of those balls is $39.99. A set of TP5s or Callaway, Chrome Soft or Tyler's Pro ones are $49.95. What does that equate to? $4.50 a ball or $3.50 a ball. So that is a almost a $5 ball that you're hitting out into the water or out of bounds or you're going to lose it. It's kind of expensive. It's totally expensive. It, well, what do you th- what do you hit when like what how do you make your decisions? So when you have a water hazard in front of you, do you switch up your ball because you have a fear of losing that ball and I'm going to answer that for you. You don't. You use the best balls over water, Jess, and it gives me so much anxiety because I sometimes you hit it in the water. Why wouldn't you just use a shit ball? You know what balls I use when I hit over the water? What? The balls that have your ex-girlfriend's face on them. Oh, my God. It's like literally go into your bag because you've got those in there, and those are my water balls. And I purposely hit them in the water. 
So I had some golf balls made by my ex-girlfriend. It had her picture on it. They're gone. They're so gone. Wow. They gone. Wow. Yeah, those are my water balls. Luckily, I get over the water these days, but that's what I was using. Do you remember uh, my awesome cousin, Dave, that we were talking about earlier? Yes. Do you know what balls he uses? What? Range balls. No. Oh my God, that's right. I yelled at him the other day for using a range ball. We were all putting and I was like, can you please get a regular ball? He has balls, Mm -hmm. but he chooses to use range balls. So if it's a batch on, he loses it. He doesn't have to worry about it. Oh my God. That's why you gave him so many balls. I gave him 56 balls, a bag, and it held 56 balls. I said, Dave, don't ever (laughs) ask me for a ball again. and Don't ever use a range ball. And I don't know where those balls are, but he still uses range balls. He still uses range balls. And he's losing distance. Oh, 100%. He's losing distance. He's losing accuracy. So that's the other thing. So there are differences in golf balls. Some people use a mat ball. Some people use a urethane covered ball, a three-piece ball, a, a dual core ball. But do the average golfer even, do they analyze this? Do they do they know the feel and the response off their shot or off a, a chip to the green or a putt? Do they do, Are they taking note of this or are they just using the ball? That they know is the most expensive one. Because some of the errant golf shots we find oh God, are Pro like V1s. The best balls ever. It's like the more errant the shot, like we know all the spots on our course, the more errant the shot, like the better the ball we're going to find. Right? That's like, interesting. I like the women's balls. The Like the bigger balls. Like what women do <laughs> bigger balls. Of course you like the big balls, I like babe. the big balls. I'm not the only one who likes it. Bill Murray. He plays with women's balls. Yes. Bill Murray plays with a precept laddie. He says because he gets five extra yards. Yeah. I mean, they're great. I love them. I absolutely love them. You know, the other thing is um, people don't wash their balls. They play with dirty balls. You got to wash your balls. You can't have dirty balls. <laughs> and and dirty clubs and dirty balls affect ball flight, obviously. But the dirty balls, the dimple patterns, if you have dirt on them or a scuff, it like I've watched every Countless. what countless videos countless know. videos and it does affect it yeah i was very superstitious at once that i we had a team called dirty balls where we never washed our balls because i i didn't want to wash ball. every time i wash a ball i lose it well now it's all clean speaking of superstition i mean look at what happens when a bug lies like lands on your ball every you time a, a ball a bug lands on my ball a fly a bee or anything i always have a bad shot and if i'm putting it lands i'm never gonna make You're that putt what do you do when that happens? You I, just you just go for it and know it's not going to work. Yes, I know. I should stop and you like should. refocus and stuff. Yeah. What else? What else helps like distance? I mean, like when you're if we're talking about distance and we're talking about ball flight and we're talking about all that. We could talk about shafts briefly. So we get to talk about balls and shafts. <laughs> it's like so, my dream come true. Wow, Jess, <laughs> wow. I'm I'm impressed. Um, so shafts. <laughs> I was I can go on and on about shafts, but. There are, when I go to Roger Dunn, my favorite store, yep. when you see pre-owned clubs uh, that you can buy, most of them that get returned are either going to be an extra stiff shaft or a senior graphite shaft. Okay. Okay. It, there are some stiff shafts too. There's not really too many regular shafts because it's the middle of the road shaft. And I always was curious, why are these the ones that I get to choose from? Why are these the extra stiff or stiff shaft or the senior shaft? It's, I feel people are not paying attention to shafts or they're being um, misled, influenced by some other people of what shaft to go into. They're either going to say your swing speed is so-and-so, so you need an extra stiff or a stiff shaft, or your swing speed is slow and you need a senior shaft. 
But the truth of the matter is what I'm finding out, and I've been fitted, and I'm supposed to be a steel shaft stiff. I had a True Temper S300, which are 124 grams. I got fitted countless times from Ping, from Cleveland, other manufacturers. I know what shaft I'm supposed to be using, but guess what I'm using now? What? Graphite regular shafts. They're amazing. You play lights out with it. I'm using my Wilson D9s that have Tensei regular graphite shafts. I also just started trying out the Tour Edge Hot Launch C522 with a Fubuki Mitsubishi Chemical regular shaft. I know that was a lot, right? That was there. a lot. That was that was a lot. But here's the thing. I, quote unquote, I'm not supposed to be hitting these, these shafts. You've been playing with them for... Two weeks until I jacked them. And uh, yeah, you did start playing with them. But I'm shooting the best I've ever shot. My swings are so much more effortless. So this week, what did I do? I played with, I have like seven or eight full sets. I play. <laughs> Come on. Let's let's really set the stage here. I played. Seven or eight. Okay. I'm looking in our dining room right now and I count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I count eight just here. Okay. In the dining room. So I took this and I started playing with my steel shafts. I started playing with my graphite shafts. I started playing with 20-year-old clubs. I started playing with very new clubs. And the truth of the matter is shafts do play a difference, but it's not what someone else is telling you you should be fitted for. No, it's a personal feel. Right? It is a personal feel. Do I feel embarrassed that I'm hitting a graphite shaft when everyone has these steel shafts, which I'm supposed to be a tour player, no tour player, and I've looked this up, uses a regular iron shaft they all use steel uh excuse me regular flex right. they all use steel and stiff okay and their drivers are usually stiff or extra stiff i tried an extra stiff because i got fitted for that for a driver i bought it i hated it yeah I took it back. so what i want to say about shafts is that not too many people take note of the shafts they should but they shouldn't at the same time like they should take note of what it is, either steel or graphite, and that's a preference of uh, comfort. And you, they'll say that you lose control uh, with a graphite shaft and you can shape a shot better, like a draw or a fade with a steel shaft. But I'm doing that with my graphite shafts. And mm -hmm. I don't think that enough average golfers are really considering their shafts. I ask them all the time and they don't know. Well, you know what I think too, is that I think a lot of people, they get a set of clubs especially if they're super amateur, right? And you stick with those. Like, look at what happened to me with, with my Cleveland HB3s, right? Like, I got fitted for those. So I had this, like, false sense of security of thinking, like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to have. And so I went out there and I just tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to make it work, right? They wanted it to be heavier. They wanted it to slow down my swing. Come to find out after I got another set of clubs, like, that wasn't the club for me. It wasn't what was helping me at all. It was... I needed something lighter. I needed something that came through the air swifter. And like, it just, it, it was a personal thing, right? I've tried some of your steel shafts. They hurt. Man, do they hurt. They hurt like hell when you slam them into a ground. Right. Uh, they hurt when you hit the ball. Right. If you miss hit a shot. You miss hit a shot. Even if you, it's still a good shot. You miss hit it. You hit it in the toe or the heel a little bit. Like the reverberation that goes into your arms. Like look at, uh, Right. And right now as, well, those are your irons in in driver. You're hitting, you, your ping has a senior shaft, but your burner has a regular shaft. Right. And it's longer. But I'm hitting a regular graphite shaft driver and I'm bombing them. And I should hit a stiff shaft or an extra stiff shaft, but I choose not to. So the, ask, the question here is, are people even considering their shafts? 
if they are concealing their chest, is it an ego thing that they what they should be what they I mean, like what their friends say they should be using or what might make them look like a better player? I mean, what do you think? I I think probably, yeah, that ego plays a big part in it, right? Like, I mean, even what you said about you've researched and you know exactly what the tour, nobody on the tour is playing, you know, regular flex, right? Like, they don't. There's, and I've seen you announce it before. I've seen you say something to the effect of like, yeah, you know, I'm... I'm so fitted for for steel, but I, I'm using graphite, and they're great. Like I'm I'm going that route. Like, but it's more comforting. We play all the time. Like you took your steel shafts out the other day, and it was great, and you did really well. But like, it was a big difference, right? From, I had to swing harder. You had to swing a lot harder, Do right? People care about this. Well, you also, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they don't. I think people could relate to this, right? Do I get too techy? You're great about it. It's your total golf. I mean, I can go on and on. I don't want to bore everyone. But everybody, I hey, how about when we took the different sets out yesterday and decided? Well, we decided because at the driving range, me and my driver broke up. You know, sometimes you have a day where like everything's the day before. I was hitting my driver awesome. It was best drives of my life. And then the next day, you go out and I couldn't hit it. So. The second that I started not being able to hit it, I retired it. They went in the bag and it didn't come back out. And we decided not to play with our drivers. And we played, you shot an 80. What did you shoot? Uh, I think I shot an 80. And I shot an 84. Yeah. So so yesterday, we I decided to play the entire round with no driver, no woods, no anything. Only irons off the tee. Yeah. And only my putter. And it makes you... Get creative with your shots. It makes you hit shots that you never would hit before. And I still shot an 80. It, you know, it was a pretty good score. I shot better with my driver, but it was no anxiety. None. I didn't feel like I was going to shank a drive. It was just placing the ball perfectly. It was kind of crazy. I mean, you you didn't you, you only used irons. I used only irons and woods. Like, driver went away. Me, I had, you know, I just don't have the distance in my irons to make those 170 yard shots at this point. So I was three wood off the tee and five wood in the fairway and my irons. And it was awesome. And it was, there, there was no anxiety. Like I knew where I was pointed, that ball was going to go. You have so much accuracy with your irons, first of all, you know, more so than any other clubs in the bag. And then even my three and my five wood, it was like every shot I took was exactly where I wanted it to go. I wasn't sitting there thinking like I might hit the drive of my life and impress upon whoever we're around right. or you or whatever. But you never know when the, where those are going to end up, right? right? Like there's there's so much more of a chance that it's gonna it's gonna go it, where you don't want it. It's fun to hit the driver in the woods. People want to do it, right? You 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 want to make a bomb in front of your friends. Is it? Is it as impressive to shoot an 80 with no driver before your friends? I mean, I was hitting a three iron. Yeah, that was insane. I had to use all my drives as a three iron. I hardly use a three iron, but it was fun. You know what also didn't happen yesterday? We didn't have, like, we didn't take mulligans. I think we had, we both had maybe like one mulligan. Like there's sometimes when we play, like we take extra mulligans or, you know, breakfast balls. Yeah. That. And like, we weren't having to throw down and like redo shots as huh. much as, as we usually do. Because we were accurate. We were. I Talking about mulligans, I have a mulligan. What's your mulligan? I have a mulligan. So, coming back to, I forgot what episode. I think it was, episode two? I think it was episode two. We, I had a mulligan as the, the guy that we met on our course with the fucking awesome pants. Yeah. The brand fucking awesome. Yep. Well, we have a mulligan. We found out who he was. His name is Chuck Doom. Yep. He's our friend now. He has a golf apparel line called Golf Athletics. It's G-O-L-P-H. 
And now we came through and we, we, made, found him. we made good on our promise to, to find him. So it was serendipity. Now he's our buddy and he follows us on Instagram and he's listening to the podcast. And a shout out to Golf Athletics. So that was my my mulligan coming back to That's right. Two. Yeah. No, we ran into Chuck. He's awesome. Um, I'm really glad we ran back into him. That was awesome. My mulligan. I'm kind of proud of this one. I think this is also an episode two. It's a callback to episode two. I think we'd had a discussion about a new Scotty Cameron putter that you had <laughs> purchased. Uh, it was Scotty 9. Scotty Phantom X9. Phantom yes. X9. And you were just like over the moon over this newfound Scotty that you wanted to love so much. And I think I vaguely remember saying that uh, I would like to bet you that the Scotty 9 Phantom ends up back in its homeland of Roger Dunn sooner than later. And uh, lo and behold, Scotty has returned back home. I returned to Scotty Phantom X9. But you're right. You won, Jess. Good prediction. <laughs> but the Frankenstein putter, the Scotty, the Futura 7MB, yep. or 7 the dual balance, the Frankenstein with the uh, you know extended shaft is still with me. Okay. All right. He's still with me. Have you been playing it? No. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Uh I, pretty exciting, all of this. We we did do something interesting this week with with our audience. We did a little Q and A. Oh right, yeah, on Instagram, right, and on on Facebook, mainly on Instagram. And we had a couple people reach out uh, and ask us some questions. So the questions that we got, the first question that we got was from at Justin Just M Corona at Just M Corona. Justin wants to know if we drink alcohol when we play golf. <laughs> to which we answered him lovingly with a video of me at 10 o'clock in the morning walking out of the AM PM by our home course with two fat boys in my hands as we were getting ready to go tee off. That's how you answered it. <laughs> I did. I, I responded back with the video that you took of me walking out. Did you, and you, I don't think you even knew that I was going in there to get that. Like we'd stopped the gas station and I was like, I need something. Yeah. It was 10 in the morning. You yeah. got two Corona peanut seltzers, peanut colada, yeah. pe- pineapple seltzers. Yeah. And I think you saw me in there. Yeah. I was like taking too long and you saw me like perusing and you knew well enough to get the video. Camera. Oh yeah. That was. Yeah. Showed them what time it was. <laughs> showed me with my two fat boys or my two tall boys in my hand. So yes, uh, Justin, we drink alcohol when we golf sometimes <laughs> a lot of the time. Uh, we also had another person reach out, Ramsey4692, and ask if uh, either one of us had ever had a hole-in-one. What'd you say? Uh, I said we haven't. I also sent the video of my almost hole-in-one that I had last week where I landed the ball up at the top. It rolled down, and it rolled three inches from the cup. Uh, that was a big Instagram story. We got a lot of, of, of views on that one. Yeah. Um, people really like that I one. I think because you were on it and you you looked really pretty on the first oh. shot. And so they're like, oh, pretty girl talking or something. Maybe. I don't know. And then you get to see my almost hole-in-one. So, no, we did not made a hole-in-one yet. But, damn it, we are out there trying every day. We had – what was there, the third was, question was – The the last question was a, it was a question for you. And it was from at Archlet. Uh Wanted to know Brian's 100-yard clubs and swing. He's trying to find his ideal combo right now. And I responded. I was so happy to get a technical question like that. I told him that a full swing, 54-degree with a Callaway PM grind or a three-quarter swing with a 50-degree gap wedge. Yeah. 
And that's how, that's my 100 yard shot. So yeah. it's either one of those, depending on the wing. But I was really happy to get this one is of somebody, technical. This is somebody that we got paired with. Oh, really? Of course, yeah. That played with us at, at one point. So I'm hoping we run back into You him. see? So we're good people. We're good people. Oh, babe. We didn't get in trouble this week either. We're pretty, we're doing pretty good. We did a pretty good job. There was no, there was no run-ins with the Greens Ninja. Well, where can people find us? People can find us on Instagram at Balls and Holes Golf Podcast. Okay. They can find us on Facebook at Balls and Holes. Mm-hmm. We are also on Twitter at Balls and Holes. It was a good episode. Yes. Thanks for golfing with me. <laughs> I love you, babe. I love you, too. <laughs> Balls and Holes is produced and distributed by the 8Side Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 